Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Pastor Plex Podcast. Joni here, and I've got Chris with me. I'm ready to go. All right. So this is a fun question for me, kind of one that we were just talking through. Yeah. Um, that I think I personally deal with because I'm a wife, and it deals with following and submitting to your husband. Yes. Um, awesome question, and one that I'm ready to answer. But I think what's hard about that is in our culture just the word yeah it makes it makes a lot of people uncomfortable uh and i I still feel a little uncomfortable with it and i've been doing this for almost six years now okay yeah i think in 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 the word itself almost makes you feel like somebody's less valuable but one of the things we want to uh, so articulate is that it's equal value different in role and one of the things i always said in the military is that when i was a young captain i was like 27 years old and I took over a company over a hundred men or so, and uh, I had a first sergeant who was in his forties. <clears throat> now, who was more valuable to the army? Well, that first sergeant was. He'd been in. He had all the experience. Sure, I've been to West Point. I've been trained. I had a lot of combat, but he'd been <laughs> in for forever. Knew more things about the army and forgotten more things about the army than I had ever learned at that point. So, right. I, I think that's where you look at that. But I was I was in a unique role where I was called to lead men. And his role was to advise me. Like his li- the literal role in the army is a, for a first sergeant is a commander's advisor. Mm-hmm. And the same role, even as a platoon sergeant, when I was a 22-year-old first or 22-year-old platoon leader, oh goodness, <laughs> I had a 42-year-old platoon sergeant, and whose kid was 18. So it was really awkward <laughs> for me. To, I mean, like I'm barely older than his oldest child, and so I felt weird leading him. And I was really grateful because he was able to teach me how to lead him, and I really was able to grow. But he called me sir and submitted to what I wanted to do even when he wasn't really exactly thrilled and he thought what I would do wouldn't work anyway. But he would, he would work with me and uh, I was grateful, really grateful for that. So, all right, let's get to the question and then we can kind of jump into um, the world of, well, marriage. Oh boy. Okay. So this goes into the realm of following your husband and submitting to your husband. Mm. So what do you do when your husband is leading you and your family in an area that you feel and maybe even know that he's not called to and doesn't have a heart for? Now, this wasn't referring to a they work at Dell or their job per se, okay. but more of like life in general, like sure. where where you're serving, where your life is going, everything dealing from Kids to financial security to retirement, right. all the in-betweens. Yeah, I, I think what's really interesting about that question is is if a wife knows what her husband is called to, but her husband doesn't know it yet, he may not actually be called in that direction. So I think right. the first thing you got to wrap your head around is <clears throat> where it, my husband's calling uh, isn't necessarily up to the wife. Uh, so that's that's kind of the phase one of that. Now, I, but I do feel like... There is a way to discern one's call, and by one's call, your own calling, and it would be this. You ask three questions, or rather, there's three sources. Uh, one is God's Word, uh, one is God's Spirit, and one is God's people. Mm-hmm. And so if you've, you've got God's Word, you want to do something that is um, in accordance with what how He would he's built you, made you, so nothing criminal. All right. There you go. <laughs> okay. But then also... Um, his spirit where he is leading you. Cause I think a lot of times we can get stuck in things and we do things, um, out of, um, now there's sometimes where if you're in a third world country and you have to farm to make a living, then it looks like a grayer in lifestyle is what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are at a place where you can be agriculture or blacksmith and you can kind of 
you you have a heart and desire and a passion for blacksmithing and you just <laughs> it drives you crazy being on a farm then that might be a, a time to make a change yep. uh, so in the same way in our culture <clears throat> there's many 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 ways to make a living absolutely all right so the, the question is where's is god leading me mm-hmm. and this is where especially if you go mission field if you go uh extracurricular fun things where i want to make extra money like kind of the whole uh working from home uh extra job kind of thing that's beyond you know i'm an entrepreneur and then i'm also a nine to fiver mm-hmm. and so if you've got that world that's can be fine it's do you have the bandwidth to accomplish and does that stuff give you life if it doesn't but you're a slave to the dollar or you're slave to uh, something that you're not finding joy in, I would say, I would ask the question, why are you doing that? But so anyway, it goes to God's word, God's spirit, God's people. Mm-hmm. And this is why having godly people in your life um, that will help na- help you to navigate um, life's decisions becomes super important. And so mm-hmm. what I would encourage this person to do is I'd say, you need to talk to your husband and get them around godly counsel and then have that godly counsel point them towards God's word, God's spirit, God's people, and then really ask them the questions of why are you doing what you're doing? Because I think that's where you can get, if, when someone says, if their answer is to a why is I need more money, and you go, why do you need more money? Is because I don't know what would happen if I ran out. And I'd say, why do you think you're running out? I don't know, but if I did, and, I, and I'd say, yeah, yeah, it'd be bad. So what you're afraid of ultimately is you're going to run out of money and die. So then your greatest fear is death, and that reveals what your God is. Yep. Or ultimately, what you're 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 you you're working yourself so hard because you're so afraid of death, or you're working yourself so hard because you're going to lose your house. Which I'm not. I, you know, working hard will help keep the house. But if the house becomes the thing, then that's your God. If death mm-hmm. becomes your thing, then that's your God. And so you're merely living to stay alive, as opposed to living in the fullness of what God has called you to. So. Yes. Um, I don't know if there's if you get any pushback from any of that in your heart, but what, what do you? So what, a little bit of this is like you talked about approaching the mm. spouse with like, hey, here's where I think you're essentially saying like, hey, I think we might be headed down a path that's not made for us, not right, right for us. It's it's what does the humility look like? <sighs> yeah, in making that step forward. All right. So one of the things I tell ladies all the time is to learn how to assert your need. Mm-hmm. What happens a lot is we want to start telling, uh, or we, uh, as like I'm a woman, but <laughs> what ladies, what, what they end up doing is they start telling their husbands what they should do. Mm-hmm. And inevitably, that leads to a man becoming defensive. Uh, the guard goes up, the vulnerability shuts down, uh, guys get more like, who are you? What do you know? I, you know, that's that's where the draconianness comes out is because if a woman has asserted her need in a way that shows I want to control you, it doesn't help. However, however, if a, if a lady would say I have a need, I feel um, not led. Mm-hmm. I, I want to follow you, but I don't feel like, you know, or I need to know where we're going. That's the part where you have asserted your need. And the husband goes, well, just follow me. I, that there is a point where sometimes if he's explained it and, and maybe he can't articulate very well, but ultimately his role is to communicate the direction and vision of the family, and that responsibility falls squarely on his shoulders. And so, mm-hmm. 
this is where as um, a man, you're needing to lead that. And then as a woman, you're needing to say, I need more information. I need more clarity. I need more help uh, to follow. Because I'm going to follow you with 100%. But to follow you with 100%, I need to know where we're going. Mm -hmm. So that you're not having to hold my hand the entire way. I can start making decisions, organizing things for you. I want to serve you in this role as best I can because I want our family to move forward. But if I don't know where you're going, I can't help. And if I can't help, I become a liability. And I think that's the part that... It's really hard to articulate because nobody thinks in in those terms. But if you're saying I am your if I'm your helper, I need to know where to go to help you get there because clearly we're in a stall mode or something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. Absolutely. I know um you talked a little bit to me and my husband about this and mm-hmm. just how we come about some decisions. Right. And you definitely helped us begin to understand how I could better submit to him through just asking clarifying questions. Yeah. And it, what it does is, is it, it leads him to a place where he doesn't feel challenged. He feels supported. And mm-hmm. I think that's where you're really going. Uh, you know, men are delicate beings. I mean, uh, it, it's it's not quite like that. But their ego, their ego <laughs> is. And, and so every man's fear is that we're going to get rejected and rejected by our wife, uh, rejected by the one that we thought was on our team. And that feels it's it's rejection one, but it's betrayal too. And so if you feel betrayed, it, it's really difficult to open up and be vulnerable about where you're going. And sometimes saying, I don't know, but I, this is my gut feel on this. Mm-hmm. And I think if a man could say, I don't know, in other words, I don't know how to communicate this, but this is where I need to go. Now, um, recently, I've, I've been thinking of my uh, what I personally value, and I kind of walked with my wife through this last night, but uh, when if you can understand what you, what you value, and if you can make that clear what it is your family values, and th- mm-hmm. you know this is where we share values, uh, it's going to make it more clear to, to say, what have I not communicated? So one of the things that it's, I, it's OPRIC, which sounds really uh, not healthy, but uh, own it, pursue it, uh, respect it, um, inspect it, and then celebrate it. And so what I, what I love to do with people, especially when it comes to a vision or anything, is own the vision. Uh, and then pursue the vision, pursue whatever that thing is. If, if you find yourself, I will never quit, I'd rather die than stop at doing whatever this is, then that's a win. Unless that thing is, I need to be live longer. I need to, and it could be unfulfilling purposes that we pursue. And so you, that's why you got to align your pursuit with God's word. Respect the process. Not everything happens overnight. Respect people that are with you. And that means communicating. That means saying, like, let me explain the thing that the, the, the calling on my life that I'm owning, the calling my life that I'm pursuing. Even if it gets hard, even if I fail, I still feel God is calling me in this direction. And I'm respect you enough for you to understand how passionate I'm about this, I am about this and the process and the length of time it's going to take to make this happen. And then Along the way, you need to inspect what you expect. And so this is where, you, as a man, you, you'd set up clear uh, variables to figure out, is this exactly, you're holding yourself accountable to, is this what God called me to, or did I drift? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens for a lot of men, women too, but a lot of men <laughs> in the sense that we kind of start going down a path, and then we forgot why we were doing it. And then all of a sudden, we are off the rails in something that, we're spending a lot of time on, but it's not, we're not passionate about it anymore. We're not, when we, when we run up against hard things, we sort of complain about it as opposed to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that becomes part of the problem. And then we're not celebrating. Well, so celebrate it would be the last thing is we've got to learn to celebrate small wins. Yeah. Uh, for a long time with my wife, uh, 
I had, you know, for churches on Sunday, especially when we were first starting, when we'd have like over 100 people, I'd be like, this is amazing. And then she'd be like, <laughs> you can't get too excited because what if next week we're under 100? And I was, I was like, well, right now we are over 100. And so can we celebrate the win as opposed to just like you fearing. Popping the balloon. <laughs> right, right. I think with my wife, she would get so fearful that I would get disappointed and quit. And I'm like, I will never quit. And, and I, But if you don't know somebody's value mm-hmm. and that's not communicated. Then what happens is you sort of assume like, you know, because how my wife was is if she got to something hard that she was really passionate about doing and then it didn't work, she'd get heartbroken and like either quit or sort of move on. Whereas I'm kind of the person that's going to go dig, triple down and be like, I'm going to do this a thousand times over until I get it. And I think that's just all a matter of, of if you're in your calling, if you've never been in your calling, if you've never been in your passion like that, then you don't even know what I'm talking about. But now my wife as a mom it's like, what are you going to do, quit being a parent? She's like, well, no. Well, you're called to that. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you can mess up with uh, our sons and you can mess up with whatever. But that, even if someone says she's terrible, that she's not going to go, well, I guess I'm done with that. And I think that's – yeah. And so I think that's the struggle that a lot of people have is they don't know um, what it's like to be passionate about things. And then so when they face somebody who is, it's intimidating or – they're not sure how to lean into that because they can sense something is wrong, uh, but they're not able to articulate what it is. Right. Now, so we've talked about a lot here. Mm. Gone, gone across the scales. We are, yeah, a lot of, lot of scaling. Um, is this an easy thing to approach, either the husband to wife or wife to husband? No, it, it never is. And this is where a relationship is so important. Whenever you sort of cross a bridge here and you, you express a need or – from a man's perspective, say, like, I feel like God is leading me in this direction. Mm-hmm. It's going to be challenging. And so you want to pick the right time. You want to make sure you use tact and that your tone isn't like, I know you're already going to say no to this and I'm terrified of asking you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it, it, you come in with confidence, the Lord's confidence, and uh, it, it's super hard, but humility wins out. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. If you feel called to something, genuinely called, God has the power to make it happen. Mm-hmm. However, if you feel called to something and then you feel like you need to help God out, then probably you're going to find more pain than joy in it because that thing that you sort of had to make happen, mm-hmm. uh, you're not you're going to have to make happen again because you're not doing it in the Lord's power. You're doing it in your flesh. Yeah. And so that's the part that's going to struggle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, that's all I got on there. No, I think okay. that I think that about covered it. So the summary of this is not easy. Approach mm. it with tact. Seek out godly advice and godly mm. counsel, mm-hmm. and maybe even marriage counseling from godly people. That's right. No, that's <laughs> it. Uh, and and honestly, but once you get that stuff out and you're able to talk about like the most vulnerable parts of yourself with your soulmate, the person that you're married to, mm-hmm. everyone gets closer from that. Uh, right. Even if it provides so much clarity, and and one thing I've learned or, or seen that. Usually, usually, a wife wants to follow her husband in his dream. Mm-hmm. A husband wants to support his wife in whatever she wants to do. Uh, it's just the important thing is being clear enough, clear enough about it because I think what happens most of the times we don't ever talk about it because we're just afraid of what the other person's going to say. Right. I know. Heaven forbid I ask this question because one, I don't want to be rejected, and two, I think it's just going to evolve into an argument right. or whatever the case may be. That's right. All right. Well, that is all that we have for this week. In 15 minutes almost. Uh, Thank you for listening. And if you have questions, you know where to find us and we'll answer them next week.